Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. RJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. A uh, little bit tired, but uh, other than that, excellent. So you guys got- don't know this, but RJ just got off the, uh, he just finished a, a workout right before we got on. So he's... Uh, Oh, well, He's I wouldn't call it a workout. This tired. is my my slow spin biking. Mm. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I have been, I, I don't know if I told you that, but my wife gets up really early for a workout in the morning. And then she made this comment. She's like, well, if you're complaining that I'm waking you up, you might as well just do your own workout. So I started doing my <laughs> ski ergometer workout in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think I posted uh, that um, one of the measurements. But uh, I was I was checking in uh, the speed, and I know you can't compare. Did I tell you this last week? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I know you can't compare the ski erg with the the racing, but yeah, so, uh, it just in the end, it, this, the 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 morale of the story was that JT Bo is really <laughs> really fast. How long <laughs> would it take you to be lapped by him? Would Would you finish a lap? Um, just trying to think if there's any ways to do a shortcut. <laughs> do i have to shoot too no you can just no there's staying. no way like i i don't know how far i would get but i have no uh, doubt that he would lap me I- immediately <laughs> no it'd just be very funny to see if you're you're just like halfway through lap one and he's coming around again <laughs> it's it's really unfortunate that tv for some reason is not good for showing how steep some of these hills are mm-hmm. yeah it's too close because yeah. I can only compare to what I see on TV when there's yeah. cross country skiing in Camor and knowing the hills from skiing them, mm-hmm. and a they make it look incredibly easy. Yep. And b, oh, yeah. it just doesn't do it justice. Like the the depth perception is just not there. Yeah, they're too close in the way that the camera's moving, but it's like they're on a conveyor belt, just like taking them straight to the top of the hill. I, honestly, I, I don't I don't know how they do it. It's like gravity doesn't exist for them on this. Yeah. You know, I would I would be interesting interested in doing well. It would be fun to do that race with uh, JT Bo, but um, <laughs> to do it on on his or skis that were prepared by his team. Mm, yeah, and I I I wonder if someone at my level can even tell the difference. Yeah, I mean yeah. I can tell the difference if I wax my skis or not because that's usually it's not so much the wax that I put on, but the fact if I wax or not. Yeah, that's how I can tell a little bit of difference, but. You know what? It, what it, they call themselves is it like the the wax mafia or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, it'd be they should do this. They should have like a um, a fundraiser where you can uh, you know put in money, and uh, if you win, they will they'll they'll prepare your skis for some for some race, so you can. <laughs> but the even the, the different ski, right? I mean, I, yeah. I just have like yeah. you know your average Joe skate skis. Yeah, and the I don't special know, yeah, like you sure. Yeah. These people on the tour, they don't even buy the top end skis you can get in the shop. No, they mm-hmm. they go to this guy they've known for forty years in the <laughs> Yeah. Or their parents have known or whatever, right? Yeah. And then they go mm-hmm. to this secret room and then in that secret room is a secret seller that has like four pairs of skis that are very, very special. Mm-hmm. Well, did you see I can't remember who it was. It was somebody on the German team, maybe Dole, uh last weekend, and he was testing out skis and they had this hilarious picture of him carrying about like 10 skis on his back as he's, you know, going off to go test. I didn't them, but... see that specifically, but I know the, the racks yeah. that they, that they, yeah, use. Man, yeah, man, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But so. they don't weigh anything. 
The wrecks no, are probably no, no, no. heavier than but, the, the skis. <laughs> the skis, but they look, it just looks ridiculous. Oh, anyway, yeah. if you, maybe a couple of those skis could just fall off the rack and you guys could, you just. Well, it is up. actually, uh, Canmore is well known for a place where you can get some really good skis for mm-hmm. decent prices because there's a lot of uh, athletes, both on cross country skiing and biathlon, that, mm-hmm. you know, first of all, they get really good skis. Second of all, they don't pay full oh. price for them. I just. And then. They I did. just had a great idea. So we're going to see a lot of athletes on the IBU Cup in a couple of weeks at Kenmore. Well, we can tell them that, you know, hey, you don't have to go through the trouble of lugging these guys back to Europe. You know, we'll just take them off your hands and uh, and keep them for you. <laughs> well, only if they wax, wax them again before they okay. give them to us. <laughs> before they, before they leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly wonder if there's some teams, if they have special skis for, yeah. you know, Canmore, for example, compared to, because Canmore is, I don't know, Calgary is over a kilometer above sea level, and I know Canmore is higher than that. And then it's super, super dry, so the uh, conditions are very different from Europe. Very different than uh, than what we saw in Rupolding, maybe, you know, with the <laughs> yeah, totally. wet, heavy slop. Yeah. yeah, But I do wonder, because um, especially the women did quite well this weekend in Anholtz. Mm, yes. Um, I wonder if that has something to do with the altitude that oh. the majority of Canadians are used to training above uh, a thousand clock or a thousand meters. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of people who did quite well, uh, normally I'll ask you if anything stood out, or we'll, well, I'm not even going to give you the opportunity this time. Uh, we are going to have probably our 37th conversation about JT Bowen and his amazing, amazing stats. But uh, this year in particular, you know, there's been a lot of conversations about. Is he the best ever? Is he having the best season ever? And all those sorts of things. So uh, I, I jumped in. I, I looked at some of his uh, his data, and I, I looked at some from Forcad and Bjorn Dahlen, and I, and I wanted to uh, put you to the test. Now, part of this is going to be a quiz or a, a pop quiz for you, but part of it also is just because I found these amazing, and I'm going to ask you because there's no way you can you can guess them. But So you want to share some f- interesting facts and make me look foolish in the same in the yeah. same move, hey? Yeah, what what better? <laughs> well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, uh do you want to start off with the combined things of of all three of them or do you just want to go to the the JT bow first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, um All right, this is what JT bow's 10th season uh on uh on on the World Cup circuit. Um uh do you know uh how many of those seasons he has won at least one race i'm thinking very like eight or higher yeah don't don't think too hard it's it's all but the very first one right okay um every year that he's won a race what is the fewest number of races that he's won in a season three uh two actually but yeah uh so he did two once and he's got two with or three with three including uh last season which was sort of a partial year when i guess he went home the last three weeks. Um, all right. So, uh, he, uh, has what four crystal globes to his name. I don't know if I can give him this one yet. Um, even though it'd be <laughs> quite the surprise, I think if Lagride went home with it. So, uh, what is the fewest number of wins he's had in a season in which he won the overall? Boy. Um, uh... 14? 
No, actually. So the fewest number of wins in a season in which he won the overall was four in the 2020-2021 season when he went back and forth with Lagride there at the very end. I think uh, mm. I didn't look it up, but I think Lagride actually had more wins than him that year. Difference was was uh, JT Bo was on the podium almost every race, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. I, I'm then, curious. Did, did you do you recall if we ever looked into what would have happened that season if they had the new point mm. system? Uh, no, actually, we did talk about it, but I don't think we ever actually <laughs> looked up the looked up okay. the numbers. But I would be very curious to know because, um, it may have ended up coming out the same, just because JT Bo had so many podiums, but. It'd be interesting. But Lagride had one more win, right? In that uh, season? He had at least one more win. I think he yeah. had a couple more wins. Okay. But um and then uh I, I'm I'm not gonna go through everything I got here, but uh uh has JT Bo ever shot above ninety percent for a season? Combined? Yeah. Yep, prone and shooting uh standing total. Mm. I'm gonna say no. He has done it just once uh, in 2019-2020. He shot both. He shot 92.1 percent. Wow, which is kind of crazy. Every other year, the highest he was was 89. Um, How many races did he do that season? That year, uh, he well, uh, he ran, he raced all of them, and he won oh, okay. 10. Yeah. Oh no, he didn't. That was the year he won. Uh, that was the year he only raced 16, I think. Oh, okay, but and uh, he was. I think that was the year his son was born. And he only raced 16, and I think he was top five like every single race. Hmm. Um, and last one is, what is, uh, has, has he ever shot uh, faster than 27 seconds on average? That's combined prone and standing. Yeah. He is not. Uh, not until this year. This is his fastest, 26.4. Oh, okay. Did you ask before this season? Oh, I, I did not. Okay, because I was uh, yeah. I was thinking yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw him shoot under 27 once okay. a season at least. But anyway, so he's had some wild years. Uh, you know, he in 2017, 18, he had nine wins, then 16 the next year, and then 10 this year. He's already got 11, which is just crazy, uh, and that's out of 14 races. So, uh, which brings me to my next thing, which is so right now he's got 11 wins in 14 races, 13 podiums in 14 races. Um, I mentioned this on uh, on Twitter, but uh, this week he actually uh, achieved uh, or or took over from Forcad for the highest winning percentage in, uh, in in biathlon history, and that's combining World Cup, Olympics, and World Championships. I just put it all together. I figured they're all the same guys; they're all racing, so hmm. we might as well throw it in there. But JT, uh, he is now at thirty percent winning percentage after the two wins this weekend: sixty six wins, two hundred and twenty races. For Cod is 29.3%, uh, 83 wins in 283 races. And then Bjorn Dahlen is only at 19.9%. But um, <laughs> he's sort of hampered a little bit there because he had so many years at the end when he wasn't winning as much. Uh, yeah. It brought him down. I actually. You should uh, actually I, do that stat and stop for Bjorn Dahlen at the same oh, age I did. that. Uh, for Cod? Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, so Forcott actually retired at 32 and in my head, I thought it was 34. So I did it through 34 and uh, it was 28.8% at age okay. 34. And again, Forcott retired at 32. So um, that was after 17 years of racing, by the way. And then he put another nine. 
this is crazy. Wow. That man just didn't know how to, didn't, didn't want to stop. But I, I actually, earlier today, after watching yeah. the races, I was thinking about it from the other side where, you know, when, uh, Seaman Ader came on the tour, he was yeah. probably, you know, O-Line of Rhode Island was kind of the guy that was just too far to reach almost. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, on top of that, you get Martin Furcott there too. And then they finally <laughs> retire. And you're like, maybe now I have a chance. And then JT Bo is just like unbeatable. It must be so uh, frustrating to, you know, be to, very, very good, but never feel yes. like you're yeah. competing for the top spot. You never really had a chance because those guys were always, always around. Because it's really interesting. I, I very quickly, I, I didn't have enough time to really go into it, but I looked at the standings while taking out JT Bow. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, it's then within that scale, it's still as if Legrite would be having a, a season like oh. Bow's having now. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up. So I also did podium percentages. Um, mm-hmm. So Legride's uh, podium percent this season, just this season alone. So overall, Legride is at his podium percentage is 41.8%, which is just a little bit lower than JT Bo. For Cod was like 53%, which is not when you think about it. But hmm. uh, so this season, Legride is at 78.8%, 78.6%. He's at 11 podiums in 14 races. Uh, for Cod only beat that twice. Bjorn Dahlen never beat that. And JT Bo has only beaten that once. And that's this season. Wow. So Legride is having just a really phenomenal season, but it's sort of being overshadowed by somebody who's having a super phenomenal season. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow, that's... Yeah. I had a couple other things on here, too. Um, I looked at... Uh, over, uh, looking at uh, World Cup overall rankings uh, for COD was in the top three. Eight times, Bjorn Dahlen thirteen times, Bo seven times. Uh, you can look at medals, which is uh, really crazy because Bjorn Dahlen was in six Olympics, which is what this <laughs> is a, a huge amount of number of years. Does that include that year where they had uh, two Olympics in two? Uh, yeah, it does. Only, yeah. yeah, yeah, but still, um, regardless, yeah. yeah. And even even with having so many fewer races for so many of those Olympics, he still ended up with thirteen medals. You know, it's nuts. He has another Bjorn Dahlen stat, which just blew my mind. He has 45 world championship medals. <laughs> wow. For Cod 28 and JT Bo 24. <laughs> just, those are just crazy numbers. It, did Bjorn Dahlen still win a race in his last season? Or was it... Because I know he, he very surprisingly won a, uh, a race, and I thought it was in his last season, but it could be maybe the season before. Or... Um, Let me double check. Uh, he it was the season before his last season. Oh, okay. Yeah. 2015-2016, he won a race and had seven podiums. <laughs> At age, what? What, 40? Yeah. Well, older, probably. Yeah. Uh, so he would have been what? I can't do math anymore. Wow. 42-ish. Anyway, it's just, yeah. <laughs> just silly. Yeah, so then we, and you look at guys like uh, Simonator and Jakob Fuck, and you're like, no, you, you got plenty of years left. <laughs> yeah, I know. Aider's like, can you, can you guys just quit for a while? Um, one last thing about Bjorn Dahl that I saw. We, there's this conversation about who is the greatest ever, and, and, and I just feel like people are sort of 
maybe dismissing Bjorndalen because of Forkad's number of overall titles, but there was a season in which Bjorndalen was 7% faster than the average skier. <laughs> crazy. I mean, and JT Bo is having the greatest season of his life in terms of ski skills, and, and he's 6% faster. I just Yeah, but I think that's also because I've seen – yeah. Some comments here and there that you can't compare eras and oh, sure. you know, with I think the technology like the Norwegians and Germans and you know, Swedes probably still have the best uh wax technicians just from probably the budget that they have available for it. Yeah. But it's it was all comes so, so much closer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't know. Like I like it's totally fine for everybody to have their own yeah, greatest of all time. I, my heart just says Olin or Bjorn Allen, and um, and it's completely unfair because, um, although I have a crazy amount of respect for for Cod, mm-hmm. I never really, I didn't enjoy watching him. Mm-hmm. Like I found the mental tricks he played, yes, was interesting, but at the same time, I always thought it was a little disrespectful to uh, mm-hmm. to the others. So I don't know. Uh, again, a uh, fantastic athlete, and and I didn't mind watching him, but it didn't it didn't get yeah. me overly excited. But uh, yeah, How about, and I feel uh, like JT Bo is. I'll talk about it when he's retired. I, okay. Yeah. I, I don't think it's. Yeah, it's too early to say that. Yeah, I will just say for myself, I enjoy watching it just because I. It's, I I will I I am trying to enjoy watching it. Sometimes I find myself zoning out when he's ahead by a minute again. Um, but uh, yeah, trying to be more aware of the fact that we're watching somebody do something very cool. And uh, it also brings up a, an interesting um, issue that I've uh, noted with other sports too, is that when you're so good that you're constantly that far ahead, you become yeah. less interesting for yeah. sponsors, right? That's because people watching tv they want to see where the battle is if somebody's a man yeah. ahead it's like yeah well, whatever yeah right yeah so it's uh i guess it's whoever gets the most camera time yeah, yeah. and you're not getting a lot of camera time when you're a minute ahead and winning everything <laughs> so i mean to some degree you do but yeah uh yeah. for sake of interest but yeah anyway and i just thought jt bow was once again phenomenal i had mentioned before the weekend that that when he is on form like he dominates and and i he obviously did again. None of his races were particularly close. No, and the only thing I was thinking is uh, what a build-up to the World Championships, unless mm-hmm. he's maybe peaking just a little bit too early, because I can't, I can't imagine him getting even better. But who knows? <laughs> you said that so, earlier. <laughs> yeah, true enough. So no, uh, I, I agree. Like there's, a, there's, a, there is a limit to how amazing you can be. I guess the only difference would be if he starts shooting ninety percent. I, that I, that's the only change. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because I um, I've just been finishing up a piece for the upcoming biathlon insider, comparing uh, his current season to the 2018-19 season, which is his, basically his best season so far. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, I won't get into the details, so everybody can look out to the to the insider when it comes out, but. Let's just say it's at least on par. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, uh, it's, he is, he is, uh, if not at the absolute best that he's ever been, he is pretty darn close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's never a good feeling if you start yeah. a race in a pursuit and you know that 
the guy you're chasing has to l- at least miss twice, and oh. you have to go clean and ski yeah. your best to have a, oh, I have think a even, chance. Even more than that, I think he has to miss what, like, so four or five times, like every time out, you're hoping for a miss. It's just, yeah, it's a it's a big ask. Yeah, like I said, Lagride is Lagride is having a phenomenal season, and he goes out there in the pursuit and did he go 20 for 20 and made up zero seconds? I think he lost time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have uh, to shoot I, clean to to at least stay within a certain yeah, range. I mean, yeah. He did everything he, he possibly could and JT Bo had two misses and it, he, he went backwards. I, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it, it, I'm I'm really curious to see how long it's, he can keep that up. I thought when when we saw him at that level in the first trimester, I'll be totally honest at this point, I thought, wow, that was incredible for the first trimester. I thought maybe he had some extra motivation coming out of last year, which was definitely, he had the Olympic success, but as far mm-hmm. as the rest of the season went, I thought he's coming out, he is just blazing, and maybe he'll burn himself out a little bit too fast. And he only elevated his, his level by winning every yeah. single every single race he could in you know the the second trimester so uh you know what do i know but i he he has a chance to do to to really put up some just insane numbers yeah and he seems he seems very calm and relaxed i feel last year was on the one hand really i think he seemed very stressed about you know the season not starting very well and then Mm -hmm. Is it going to happen in the Olympics? And then he had his his son, you know, which you know, of course, is distracting in a positive way, but mm-hmm. makes it hard to focus. And I think now, you know, Olympics are done, and I'm assuming his child's doing well. And yeah, um, he just seems very relaxed, and and just you get these when the athletes, really good athletes, um, get a bit older. They, mm-hmm. they seem to get that calm over them where mm-hmm. they realize you're here, out, you're out to enjoy yourself Yeah, and success is awesome, but you know, you still need to enjoy what you're doing, yeah. which, you know, is hard to convince a younger athlete of sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at everything that's going on in his life, right? And, and he has obviously the world cup success last year. He got the all of the success he ever needs in his life for the Olympics with all those medals. Yeah. You know, you mentioned his son, like his family see like he, every now and then he'll post something on Instagram and his family is, it seems to be doing very well. Like you said, and he sort of has everything clicking right now. Like it's just mm-hmm. sort of one of those moments in life, you know, and I think we all experience this at some points where it just sort of feels like everything's in a groove and yeah. uh, eventually, eventually, you know, life happens, but uh, he is, he has got everything moving right now. Yeah. And I saw that with, um, with Rear uh, this weekend when she won, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sure if she alluded to it in the interview even, but you know, just here to enjoy her friends and family are all mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you accept that it's not always going to work out, but you enjoy it even more when it does. And yeah, um, she seemed more frustrated in the other races, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought her up because her win in the sprint was really, it was one of my big, moments i think from the weekend mm-hmm. um obviously Absolutely. winning winning at home but especially after federica san felipe was 
left off the relay team last week. And then I think that explains a little bit of what we saw in the, in the mass start last week and the sort of less than enthusiastic performance. And then Mm. it was obviously a pretty emotional week for, for her and coming into this, you know, obviously coming to Anholtz and then for her to go out there and get the win in the sprint was, was really, uh, it was almost like a, almost like a movie or a TV show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, that was one of those races where she was the old one, right? Everything under control, shooting fast. Yep. So, uh, and, and talking about maturity, I also thought, um, I actually wrote down a note about that. I saw the interview of Elvira. Oh yeah. After the race. And man, did she ever, like, I remember from last year where she seemed this, you know, this young, Mm -hmm. um, just on the world cup or first full world cup and, and, you know, being overly excited maybe for the interview. Mm -hmm. And now it was all very calm and mature and just happy to be here and happy for my success. And still, you know, we're not there yet. And that kind of thing. It really seemed to make a very different impression uh, compared to last season. Even the goals are bigger, uh, broader, maybe, I don't know, but she definitely has everything uh, under control. That's really not the right phrase I want to use, but, um, I would say that watching her on the on the course this weekend, she looked like she didn't have her A game. You know, she looked like she was mm. moving a little bit slower, and yet she still got third place and third place. Um, yeah, I was wondering yeah. if if that is a, if there was a if that's a tactical change that she's going to start slower, or if that's mm-hmm. just uh, basically forced upon her because of her not feeling hundred percent still. Mm, yeah, but it seems to work very well for her shooting. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and she had it when she needed it because I think it was the uh, was it the the sprint of the pursuit where she had the like the second fastest last lap. Um, whereas, like when she when she needed to to put it away and get the podium, you know, she was able to she was able to kick it in she gear. Still left in the tank, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was very impressed by Elvira this weekend, and by getting those two third places, she actually did open the door back for the overall crystal globe. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. might've been a little bit too soon to write her off last week. I think after Simone's performances and then Elvira being sick, I was uh, just projecting a little bit, but nope, I think that uh, that's still going to be a battle to the end. Yeah. And you know, we mentioned that too, like uh, sure. Hope that everybody stays healthy, but it seems like there's still a lot of athletes that um, have been struggling with getting sick. So it's not to say that uh, Simon is going to be healthy the rest of the season, so that might uh, close down the gap a bit too. Or mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, I think I calculated it out to be like seventy-four, seventy-five points, somewhere like that. So mm-hmm. with the new scoring system, you can make that up and yeah, a weekend, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, so uh, I, you know, I I had just. I was impressed, especially, you know, you mentioned Elvira not feeling well. So coming out and being sick and performing at that level was, was nice. Mm -hmm. I was still, and and I mentioned them before, but I'm just really, I I feel like every week I see, you know, Jean Monod and now uh, Hettich and uh, some of the other Germans on the, the relay and, in the in the uh, non-team races, 
Mm-hmm. Like all these young athletes, I'm, I keep thinking, oh, well, that's, you know, you see that more often, right? They come to the mm-hmm. World Cup and they're all excited and they do really well. Mm-hmm. But then they sort of, you know, average out to their to their normal level, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. But like Jamano is is not showing any sign of Mm-mm. that was just beginner's luck or excitement. Of, no, you know. it's like this is just who she is. It's amazingly good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like she she broke through and and honestly, and that's been it, right? It's been you know like a top ten at least every weekend and two this yeah. weekend. And I don't know, did you? I don't know if you if you saw the relay, but last week and this week, she has just been great at the head of I the know. relay for yeah. the French. It's like you just sort of expect her to put them in the lead. Yeah, yeah, no, and and but like I said, also on the German team, and because mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah, somebody on Twitter was saying. You know, can the Germans still compete when Herman is not on the on the team? Sure. Yeah, put Kevinger in there as the uh as yeah. the as the, the oh, did you see her at the end? She was she, she basically collapsed. collapsed. Yeah, she absolutely drained the tank. Like she put I, everything I, it into was it. really weird. I was wondering if that was more like controlled falling to your knees and falling yeah. on your belly, or if she literally passed out because she she came across the line and obviously was super tired, but she was still yeah. on her legs. And then mm-hmm. just before she went out of the camera view, she just literally like fell forward. It fell over. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of thinking of, um, of, uh, Tan Revolt. Yeah. You know, yeah. she kind of collapsed there. So, uh, I know, but yeah, later on she was standing with her team. So I'm assuming it was, was fine, it, but, uh, yeah, that was, she had a great weekend. Actually. I, I knew nothing about her before this. Mm-hmm. Right. And she got a top 10 in the pursuit and, and, did great holding the third third position for Germany. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and um going back and forth between all the different races now, but uh the Austrians without Hauser. Yeah. Did amazing. I, well, I'm I'm a little bit broken hearted, but they did. Uh uh a best uh performance ever by them. Yeah. Fifth place. Um I didn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, this can't be right. I, there's gotta be a problem here, but no, that's that was the best. Um, Give them a chance and they'll grab it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe this is the problem. Hauser's been standing in their way. Just holding them well, back all these the, years. We were saying that earlier in the season about the Swiss. Yeah. Right? Or maybe, yeah. you know, the, the old guard. Yeah. Where where we all have the perception that they're helping the young ones to get to get there. And maybe yeah, they're and just actually, blocking their. Yeah. And, and you this know. This is it. And I've alluded to, is this the last year for uh, Tarja Bo? And I hope, mm-hmm. surely hope not. And and he's been proving that he's still right up there. Oh, yeah. But yep. it's the same story, right? How many yeah. young athletes in Norway are not on the World <laughs> Cup because there's no room? Yeah, I know. How many, so, how many countries would love to have that problem where they have a former, yeah, no kidding. A former yeah. overall Crystal Globe winner who just won't retire? <laughs> yeah, because he keeps... Going to uh, top yeah. tens and top fives and podiums. Yeah. yeah, he's just too good. Yeah, um, it's funny you mentioned that though, because the uh, I, I looking at the Austrian team before the race would never have ever predicted them to be top five. Like I, I would have oh, given I you saw incredible it odds. Oh well, okay. No, well, <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, right. And 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 uh, yeah. So I just that's, that's biathlon, right? That you have to go out there and you gotta you gotta hit your shots, and they. They on uh was it Gandler, Gandler and Juppe Juppe J U P P E Yupa. There you go. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah, dumb Americans over here. Um, uh, yeah, no, they they hold it together well in the middle. But the same so, with uh, you. You say that like you wouldn't really bet for them, but at the same time, like you know, when I look at at past results, Team mm-hmm. Canada is not really a team I would bet on mm-hmm. either. But because I'm from Canada, I still do. Yeah. And you can make yourself believe yeah. that. Oh, but you know, if everything goes well, they yeah. have a, a slight chance to make the podium. Yeah, and there weren't, you know, yeah, they were still eighth, but um, I think they had a, a great performance today on the on the pursuit, and that's the thing with Did the, you, you know, we saw that was it last week with um, there was one girl on the French team who, and that sounds harsh, but who basically blew it for uh, yeah, France, Chabot. right? Yeah, so um, that also shows how 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 cool it must be to be on a team where everybody has their a game oh yeah you know yeah, when you guys are all clicking that's gonna yeah. be amazing yeah uh speaking of i'm actually i'm i'm jumping back you mentioned the french earlier and we were talking about jean Monod, and then i think we got distracted by kevinger and, and other people but um the french are really stacked right now you know we, we talked a lot about the depth of the swedes but like with with obviously Simone, you know, you know, leading the 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 whole World Cup, who's been uh, on the World Cup for twenty years, but is still only twenty six. That's incredible. I know. Uh, 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 Chloe Chevalier, who just had a second place finish this week, career yeah. best. Um, you have, you know, we mentioned Jean Monod. You have Chavot, who had that great weekend on a and has had several other good performances. Um, uh, like the other. Chevalier, uh, Chevalier Boucher, um, who is starting to show signs of life and had another good relay today. Um, Justine Brazé Boucher, who is on maternity leave and has yeah, shown she signs of life. a little worried. Back. I know. You know like, well, there's no way. Anyway, skier last year. We talked about her as if she had been on, like she could have been a potential dark horse like Julia Simone for the overall. And, yeah. you know, is, you know, is there a place for her? Of course there is, but it's going to be close. I mean, <laughs> well, who would you drop though? I guess you'd have to drop Colombo. Yeah. Who, you know, Caroline Colombo, who only had a top 10 this week. Yeah. I just, there's so, there's so many of them. And then there's, there's uh what's your name? Botet, Botet, Botet. And uh, on the IBU cup, who is doing very well. Right. So. There's yeah. Just so m- and they're all, I mean, I guess Anisha Valley Boucher is a little bit older, but they're all like 27 and younger. Yeah. Yeah. That's is how old is she? She's 29. Yeah. And then Chloe is 27. And then we met, you know, yeah, speaking of people retiring, uh, we mentioned briefly a couple of times, but any, uh, Biscon who retired at the end of last year mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe just, uh, it opened Making up another room. spot. Exactly. Yeah. And then Rosé Boucher not being there. And suddenly these, young girls are coming up and, and jumping on it. Yeah. Uh, it's cool to see. It really is. Um, Cause I, I did not expect it going into the season. I was all on board the, the Swedes <laughs> having all the depth in the world, but did not see this coming. Yeah. Yeah. Cause do you know, do they have any young athletes in the IBU cup or the youth even the Swedes? The Swedes they've got like two, I think like Sarah Anderson and, I think her name is Tilda Johansson, who was supposed to make her, maybe she did make her debut this week. Um, I think I mentioned her earlier, but um, those are the only two I can think of off the top of my head. And Stina Nilsson is uh, 
like she lost her yeah her ski her spot. Ski, but but it's also you know not even close to where she, what she was doing last year nope nope no and i think Ms. mona borison has back up on the world yeah. cup level and we'll be staying there i think for the worlds it's crazy that's biathlon i guess right? yeah well you gotta keep performing on the other end of the spectrum uh, I talked to we a little bit online with uh, Baiba Bendika, and I don't know if you saw this or you did actually because you chimed in on the on the conversation as well. That uh, Denise Herman Wick is thirty four and showing no signs of slowing down. No, and and I made the point uh, online. I think that most most people, I think most biathletes, when they get to their you know mid thirties, that's usually I think thirty three, thirty four is when you start to see them slow down a little bit. But she's uh, Denise Herman Wick is as fast now as she ever has been at any point since being in biathlon. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I, I just really enjoy seeing her because mm-hmm. she was always fast, right? Yeah. And, and she's still fast, but now she seems to get a better and better control of her shooting. Uh, and it's not I, so incidental anymore. Yeah. I don't know if I made this, if I said this yesterday or on Twitter, or if I just thought it in my head at some point watching her this weekend, but at some point I in for me, this is not anything for anybody else, but at some point for me in the last like 18 months, she went from being a cross country skier who was competing in biathlon to a biathlete. I don't know what changed or anything. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just me recognizing her as a biathlete, but anyway. Well, did we, I have a feeling that we asked, like Matthias or one of the coaches, how long they think it takes. And for some reason it stuck in my head that somebody said seven years before you mm-hmm. really control the shooting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, aside from if it's seven or six or five, but um, yeah, it, it, it to expect people to come from skiing and, and, you know, learn to shoot over a summer or two summers, two yeah. seasons, just, not going to happen right it's a lot to ask on that note like holy crap uh, <laughs> lampage <laughs> i know <laughs> she has right now uh <laughs> she's two races on the world cup and they're both fifth places is that right uh yeah oh no 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 she raced what, yeah, I what was she raced she raced earlier this but she's got the hulk filson and and then now but i think she raced in in Rupolding, didn't she i don't remember was she I, raced on two um, team events too, didn't she? She did. Yeah, I was just thinking like her solo, her or just just, yeah, yeah. just herself. Yeah. So she has three total races. She raced in Pokyuka, and she has gone fifth, sixty ninth, and fifth. Not bad, I would say. No. <laughs> <laughs> That speaking a top five percentage of sixty six percent for her career is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. she? In, uh, in, did in she doing so? Was that? No, I was. Uh, I didn't check her her ski times. Mm-hmm. Was she still miles ahead of everybody? Or oh yeah. Um, well, so her oh. shooting percentage so for was seventy percent, forty percent, and eighty percent. Uh, ski times she was eleven seconds ahead of Herman. Yeah. And 20 Just ahead a, of Simone. Let's see. Back in Hawkfields and when she did that that first crazy sprint. She was... Oh, I was more than that. Uh, 27 ahead of Elvira. 
Yeah. So maybe she was trying to control herself a little bit. Yeah, that's be interesting to to just know a little more, you know, with Stina Nielsen, if she maybe focused a lot more on the shooting and just didn't have the time to also keep working on skiing or if something else going on. And it's yeah. interesting to watch how this is going to go with Lampage. It is. It, it She just don't like, she feels like she is racing her own thing because she is so infrequently on the world cup. But when she's mm. there, she has the potential to get into the top 10 just based off her ski time alone. So when she's there, it, it she also, almost feels like this weird sideshow. Yeah. Just thinking like, if she would ski the time of the fastest, the second fastest skier, mm-hmm. being such a good skier, would that would that give her, you know, the mm-hmm. the extra breath, so to say, for mm-hmm. the shooting? Like if she's not going all yeah. out and she can contain a little bit, even when she's yeah. holding back, she's still going to be top ten skiers. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's just finding that balance, right, between. Yeah, how how hard do I push? Well, I and guess that's just about learning experience. how to compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really excited to see her compete in the pursuit because I two things. One, I want to see what happens when it's not a sprint and it's not just go go go. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, I wanted to see how everybody reacted to her because um, all of a sudden you'd have this like speed demon and you, you have to fight the urge to try to track her down. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the panic of, oh my God, this person is just flying past me. <laughs> like, it would just be very interesting to see like people like Elvira, who's normally very fast, or, or Herman Wick, who's normally very fast, watch Lompich just, just move right, <laughs> move right past them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, so they would move right to... past her on the shooting range. Yeah, I suppose. Did, did, um, Lampage do the pursuit? No, hey? She didn't. Yeah. No. She got sick, I guess, is what they said. Okay. I'm not doubting her being sick. It's just interesting that two times she's qualified for the sprint. She hasn't raced it. Yeah. They're qualified for the pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. Although I I don't see why they would have to lie about it. Like if they say, oh, she's not competing, then she's yeah, not competing. Just right? not competing. But- yeah. Totally fine. Um, There were just a couple other big things that popped out to me this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I would call these minor big things. But uh, a couple of guys who I thought had good weekends heading into Worlds, uh, Ponsoloma and mm-hmm. uh, Jacqueline, um, I yep. thought both had big things to build on. Uh, Ponsoloma with two podiums. And uh, I don't know what's going on with the Swedish men, but um, if they have a hope for medals at Worlds, he might be it. Yeah, I can't. Like, it's almost like Samuelson is just not there in his mind. Yeah, he's just going through the routine, but it, yeah, it's weird. It, it. I will say, it does not look like the same person racing as it did no. last year, and especially two years ago. No. If we found out that he had some injury all season, or like he just knew that no matter what he did, he was not going to be able to reach that level, like I would totally believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, or right. something like maybe, oh yeah, I don't know. So say his grandpa passed away or whatever. Yeah, yeah, something family or just biggest fan in his life, something like that. Like yeah. I would not be shocked to hear that it's something nope. related to that. But yeah, 
Yeah, he just he doesn't. You're right. He just does not look like the same person. And and in that same category, um, I've had two or three times now where I thought, oh, QFM is on the way back, but mm-hmm. yeah, especially in the range where he was always Mister Cool. Yep, just not working for me. Yeah, well, that was really interesting in the uh, in the relay today. I don't know if you if you saw this, but he was back by like 35 seconds or something on Christensen, and really his only chance was to come in and just. <laughs> unload as fast as he could <laughs> and he did exactly that <laughs> came in i think he shot you know, all five of his initial shots in like 18 seconds it was <laughs> something nuts well we know uh, he's got it in him right so it's yeah it's just more yeah. finding yeah. The, the confidence to do it regularly yeah but no i it yeah i was hopeful in the relay today that being in that position that sort of that chase position where you're you're just because he was so good in pursuits last year that he might be able to yeah. make an effort to track down Christensen. But well, nothing didn't. to lose too, right? It's, exactly, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because the Germans were far enough behind that it wasn't really he was locked into second place unless he was able to get to mm-hmm. first. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see coming out of Worlds, you know, QFM or Jacqueline. I mean, QFM is the team leader just by reputation and the fact that he won the Globe last year, but Jacqueline has has the way he performed this week the ability to come home with some medals from Oberhof. So, and I wonder if we'll that's see. why I took him took like mm-hmm. clearly it mm-hmm. wasn't going his way. So sometimes maybe it's better to just skip and skip a result and just really focus everything on the the world championships, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I would not be surprised if he uh, can peak there. But yeah, yeah, he looked great. So I was I was happy to see that. Um. Yeah, I think that's everything I've got on my on my big list of all the. Oh, and then uh, Nadia Moser. I think we might have mentioned her for mm. about a half second earlier, but yeah, I thought she had a, a very nice weekend, and and she's a young Canadian woman, and uh, Emma Lunder is not going to be around forever, so mm-hmm. maybe she can be the new team leader. Yeah, well, they had a like I said before, a great team performance as well. So yes, uh, yeah, the. Uh, other thing I was going to mention, and I actually dug up some data on this because I, I talked about this briefly last week, and I feel that it it just seems that Tan Revolt was all relaxed and doing very well mm. until mm-hmm. Moisland showed, showed up on the team again. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, could be completely unrelated, but I just feel that it sort of disturbed the balance in the... Maybe not even in the team, but it's maybe more that Tan Revolt didn't feel pressure where now she feels more pressure. Mm-hmm. So I looked at their numbers, and um, when Roisland started competing as well in the fourth World Cup, um, Tan Revolt was around 98% shooting percentage, moving average. Mm-hmm. And that was that still kept going a little bit. And then the last three or well, yeah, last three races were well be- below her level. So her average is now just under 80%. Hmm. And I looked at course time rankings also went down in the last two races, uh, hit rate shooting, shooting is still, it, it, it all went downwards a little bit. Um, I think the sprint was really like a low point 
in many aspects for Tan Revolt this weekend. Yeah. But even on the relay. Relay like wasn't what, good. She, she had, what, two penalty loops? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just curious how how much that impacts. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not even suggesting that it has something to do between the two of them per se. Like, I, I mm-hmm. don't get that idea at all. I just wonder if, uh, you know, not having the pressure from Roislin and Ekhoff around you all the time in the, in the sport sporting sense yeah. pressure yeah, and just being sort of the undisputed leader of the team or the, the, the number one of the yep. team. And now that's, I don't know, just thought I'd check the numbers a little bit, but of course it doesn't also mean that if the numbers go down since Roisland changed that that's the cause, but. No, um, it, it's definitely interesting. And, and I agree with you that, um, team dynamics are changed. I, I'm going look. I don't. I don't know anything. I, please don't. Anybody think that I have some inside source? I'm just looking at the Instagram videos and things. And and to be fair, a lot of it was instigated by Tangerfold, but you know, just a, a different uh, different vibe around the mm-hmm. around the team. And they did. But on the other hand, look, just last weekend they won the relay uh, in in pretty cool fashion. So. I don't want to yeah. don't want to go overboard, but no, I, I tangible has not looked the same as she did uh, before Royceland's return. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it might be correlation, not causation, but definitely something that is there. Yeah, and 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 I I mentioned this you know last week, and and I've mentioned it before. I I have really enjoyed watching her this season. I think she's been one of my favorites to watch this year. Just watching her her grow up. So. Um, and and watching her rise, raise her level up. So I would love for her to get back to her the way she was the mm-hmm. first few weeks. I would, yeah. That hopefully, would be, this was just a yeah minor setback, and she can be yeah. back back at the worlds. I didn't check this out, but I saw somebody mention online that she doesn't do well ever at, at Antholt. So maybe it's just a oh, okay a so mental block or something. Know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does. So. It's funny because every now and then, um, when I have friends coming over from Holland. Um, they never, cause I always say, you know, first day, let's just stay in Calgary mm-hmm. so you can adapt to the elevation. And it's, like I said, it's just over a thousand meters, but there's always some of them that are like, oh no, let's go on a hike. And, and yeah. they have such a hard time, just the yeah. simplest hikes, yeah, just in altitude. You're just not, if your body's not used to it and some people, you know, they don't even notice it and other people, it just has a really big impact. And I, I remember, uh, cause I haven't been back to Holland for a number of years now. But uh, when I would go back, I would feel super strong. Like I would meet up with some <laughs> friends and go on a bike ride and I'd be, you know, ahead of everybody. And yeah. it, so it's just funny how that, how you don't really think about how much that um, impacts you. And even things when, when we just came back from being in, on the ocean for a week and uh, mm-hmm. around Christmas and then coming back to Calgary where the, humidity is you know 60 65 percent most of the time mm-hmm. just how that even impacts um you need to drink more water your skin feels really dry and mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it than just you know the, the usual always mm-hmm. at altitude yep. so so that can have yeah. a major impact for some and not for others so um how do you think that the altitude affected the racing obviously you know people who aren't used to it, who don't, don't adapt as well to it are going to be more tired. But um, 
I don't think it's more tired per se. It's just from, from again, um, just some friends coming over. Yeah. It's just like, you don't like your, uh, your battery is low or something. Yeah. It's not that they were more tired. It's just that they don't seem to have the energy, even though yeah. there's no reason not to have it. Yeah. Don't have the burst. Yeah. So, yeah. and like, I would think now the majority of these athletes, they train enough at altitude in the summer or mm-hmm. uh, outside of the season to, to know quite well how their body adapts. But yeah. I'm also still thinking that, yeah, you can know generally if you do well with attitude or not, but I still think it's also a bit different every time. I'd be curious to look at like the standing shooting and, and holds first other places, especially like in a pursuit race mm. that deep into the race. Are they, is it more of a struggle? I'm just throwing that out there. Um, do you think, so in the relay races, there were just a shocking number of countries that were lapped. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the women's race, only 11 nations actually finished the race. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that is that France only missed two shots the entire race. So they're just not, not being backed up a lot, but do you think that the altitude had anything to do with that? And just some of those nations maybe don't have the ability to have those altitude training camps. And yeah, that it wouldn't surprise me if that's one of the reasons. I mean, like you said, it doesn't help if, um, the number one is not missing much and, and skiing super fast, but, um, yeah, I, I can, I definitely think altitude can, can increase the gap between well-funded and mm-hmm. not so well-funded or smaller nations just in general. Um, I, I have no idea how, what the impact is on, on waxing either, but that's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a wild guess that snow at, what is it? 1800 yeah. meters. And it's going to be different. a bit different than uh slush rain in uh roop holding or. <laughs> Can I just take a moment and say how beautiful Antolt was this week? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and how beautiful the crowd is. Oh, oh um, did you see this? So there was, there was a FIS cross country, um, uh, weekend was also in Northern Italy, not like within a drive of, of, oh, was it Livigno? Yes. Did you oh, see yeah. the crowds one versus the other? No. The biathlon crowds were magnificent. These huge stadiums that were full and wild. And like, there was like just a minimal number of people lining the course for the cross country race. It's yeah. Just, there's it's amazing how different it is now. They're going through a rough spell. It seems with, you know, some top yeah. athletes leaving and then there's some, seems to be some negative news. Um, yeah. Talking about FIS, though, um, I just had a flashback to when I was uh, 14 or something. I may have told you this when you interviewed me over the summer, but um, so so this weekend was also the downhill race in Kitzbühel. Yes, yeah. Which is also very close to uh, uh, where Lisa Hauser is from. Mm, yeah. But uh, I may have told you that when I was like 14, we knew some guys that knew some guys. Uh, and when these races would come up, we would always ski down to the actual racetracks and in my head they look very different than what i saw on tv today <laughs> let's just say for a good reason because it looks a lot lot safer right now oh yeah um because <laughs> yeah there were 
let's just say there were some very sketchy areas that at the bottom of the sketchy area, you know, there was a fence, <laughs> but you also knew very well that that fence would maybe slow you down one kilometer per hour, but you would still go straight through it and <laughs> crash into the trees behind it. Uh, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it brought back a lot of memories, but that, uh, I guess that connection came when we were talking about the good crowd because the crowd there is, is oh, pretty amazing. amazing. The, yeah. The whole city just is all completely focused on it and, and yeah. It's not really a valley, but uh, the fields where the where the finishes is just completely full of people, and yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, a great, astonishing. And they've been obviously racing there for so long; they know how to shoot it really well. So, like, there's just mm-hmm. this view you get of all the crowds down at the finish line, and it's just it's incredible. Yeah, this is really a great week for a uh, great week for winter yeah. sports. Yeah, um, some... I feel like we hit almost everything. Was there any anything no. else that you wanted to to go through? I was yeah. just flipping through my notes real quick. The only last thing I had was uh, I just wanted to say uh, hats off to Lisa Vitazzi in the pursuit race coming yeah, back twenty for race, twenty yeah. and getting up to second. So that yeah, was I was just good, going but. through the uh, isolated times. Um, she had the, the the best isolated time, and I actually wrote down after the sprint what's going on with Davidova, but she had the second mm-hmm. best yep. time in the pursuit isolated time. Um, it's funny because she she mentioned on on Instagram too. She said something about how this was both the highs and the lows of biathlon mm-hmm. in, in one weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Anna Magnuson at uh, mm, seventh, yeah. I think, isolated yep. time. So, um, um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that unfortunately, at uh, one hundred and fourteen, and yes, oh, I didn't say that wrong. One hundred and fourteen yeah. shots, prone shots in a row. Seminator um, missed the sixth prone shot in the pursuit. And uh, yeah, ended the streak at 114. <laughs> you had the date at his last prone miss. It was something like. Oh, it was absurd. Like March of last year. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't have it in front of me right now, but. Um, I, yeah, it, it, it was like 19 races or something. Yeah, it was just just an unreal number of, of, of races. Obviously, you can do the math, right? 114 is, is quite a number of races oh, yeah, to, yeah. To, to not have a prone miss. So uh, right I, I would now, love to know what happened. Uh, right now, we have uh, Artem Tishchenko, Ooh. if I say that correctly, at 73. Yeah. Oh. Um, Laura... Uh, Ristova on another streak real quick. I know, eh? Uh, Laura Ristova at 44 and Anna Magnuson at 33. Oh, Anna Magnuson. Oh, RJ, get excited, buddy. <laughs> Nadia <laughs> Moser at 26 and Sturleholm Lagride at 24. And then on standing, we have George Buta at oh. 39. 39 in a row. Roman Reese, 33. And... Uh, Sturlholm McGride at 23. Not counting uh, relays? Correct. Yeah. It's okay. just uh, yeah. non-team events. I'll say because Roman Reese had quite the adventure on, on, <laughs> yeah, on no, the relay today. I don't count yeah. those. And then no, no, uh, Lisa, course, cause it's, it gets weird. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Vitazzi on 21 standing, Ponsloma 20. But that's, you know, if you have a... Yeah, one two, one good weekend, you know, you're... Standing shooting, Seminator at 15. 
<laughs> and then combined shooting, and I've mentioned him for both prone and standing. It's not going to surprise you that uh, Stuart Holmgren is uh, currently on the longest streak at 38. Um, we mentioned uh, Raul Flora, I mm-hmm. think from Romania. Mm-hmm. He's at uh, 34. And then uh, Dunja Zduc, 31. And uh, Caroline Knotten at 26. Oh. And Vitazzi, 25. So, uh, I'm just going to plant the seed. We're going to do a uh, at least one podcast to uh, preview the World Championships. Um, think about who you would put on your Norwegian relay team. I'm struggling with it right now. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't you just stick with uh, Stula and Christensen oh, no, no, no. and the boat oh, brothers? Women. Women. Oh, women. sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's going to be tangible in Roisland. And then Is you've it? got... I, I would hope so. <laughs> no, uh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would assume and then, so, yeah. And then Fem Steinevec and Knoten and Eidolene. Uh I guess battling for the other two spots. I I don't know who you pick out of those three. Kalkenberg. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. That that's because mm. because uh, would you still put Tandrevold last, or would you swap her with Roisland? I'd probably swap her with Roisland. Yeah, Roisland definitely looks stronger this weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't look like Roisland of last year, of course, but. Definitely getting better. Give her another two weeks. <laughs> yeah. That's a I, tough one. I would, I would be, anyway, no answers now, but just something to think about. Would um, you put Herman back on the women's team for the Germans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, the other team I thought was interesting was, uh, oh, would you put Hauser back on the Austrian team? Nah. Nah, I think you leave her off, right? Rest <laughs> her up. No, no. No, yeah. Save her for she, the uh, for the the single mixed. Um, but it does, you know, it does make a big difference how they do in the races before the the relays, right? Yes. Do they start yeah. with the relays this year? Do you know? Mm, I don't I know. Don't, I, I think don't they know usually the don't. But let's see if I can real quick just pull it up. Um, and then the other the other team I think is going to be interesting um, is going to be the French men. Do you put Guiwana back on the? on the relay like he was today or uh, I don't know mixed relay first. And then the, like the four by 7.5 and the other four by six is going to be the second to last. Yeah. I, I kind of thought they do the, the real, well, not the mixed relay, but the, the team relay with four men or four women at yeah. the end, usually uh, um, would I these, put- these, Oh, sorry. No, uh, Giguna, I think I would just let that depend on on the form they're showing at the World Championships. Yeah. Oh, but I, be, the way Jacqueline's been coming up and Fionnier, yeah. you don't really want to mess with that, I guess. But No, and Fabian Claude has been looking good. Yeah. yeah. I think those three are kind of locked in. Just who do you put in the fourth? But yeah, what is Sweden going to do? Are they going to keep Samuelsson at four? Oh, you can't, can you? Yeah. They've been doing that so far. Yeah, as far as I remember. Yeah. Oh, and the other one I thought was interesting was the Italian woman. Um, I guess Ockenthaler took uh, Komala's spot this weekend, but we'll see if they put Komala back in for next. I think they will for next weekend, but. Yeah. What's going on with Vogt? 
that's an excellent question. Because I thought she was getting her, it together. Yeah, her shooting was getting better. Yeah. Or sorry, her skiing was getting better, but then it seems like her shooting is becoming a little... Uh, Less consistent, for sure. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think recently we, we actually looked into her numbers and they were still pretty darn good. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean... Her, her ski ranks even fell off. So, like, in Rupolding, she was... Uh, her her course times her course time ranks 12th and 8th, and then this week it was decked uh, 33rd and 29th. Yeah. But also just, her but, shooting, it, I don't know if she's working on shooting faster, yeah. but it's definitely not helping her, her hit rate. Like the sprint, she had 16 standing. Oh my God, standing. she's shooting faster. So last year she was like mid-30s, and this year she's definitely getting, try, uh, you're right, she's trying to get faster. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe just That's a really little sad. bit more gradual. You know, we mentioned uh, Jean Monod earlier mm-hmm. and uh and she is reminding me of this similar type of season that Vogt had last year where like sort of announced herself and then didn't really go away um right so anyway hopefully More not free yeah Just, hopefully yeah, no expectations and exactly hopefully not the same second season but i think you see that a lot you know you get i think you mentioned this earlier but second season can be tough mm-hmm um, there was one other. Oh, what I wanted to mention, yeah, is I get race tension and excitement, but if you are, I think at the time there were at least a penalty loop ahead. How can you risk such a bad exchange oh. for the French women? It was this, I think it was like two weeks in a row because didn't the Italians do it? Was it last week? It was yeah, but, like they, they touched like fingertips. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And and uh, I get it. Yeah. You don't want to waste two seconds if you, you know, if it's really tight. And I know that a lead doesn't mean much, but at the same time, like seriously, could you, could you imagine like losing a race because you didn't touch each other? And this it's was just uh, awful. And it's just not worth it. Chevalier and Julia Simone, I believe so. Yeah, did Julia Simone, Simone she just get? She didn't re- reach out at all. It seemed. It was was she just? I, was there a miscommunication like of how the exchange was going to go? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, it was just yeah, yeah. I mean, that could have been tragic. Tragic's not the right word. That could have been very sad for them. Yeah, I know. Um, I also, I don't know. I also think with the current technology, do we really mm-hmm. need still to touch each other? Like, can't they do, like right now they have a zone which in within which you have to touch each other. What if you make the zone smaller mm-hmm. and that the only rules you have to be in the zone at the same time? Because then you can also yes. yeah. do, you know, all the people that are finishing you make a track, a, a wide track on the left and all the mm-hmm. starters you on the right. So you don't have this, especially when, sometimes which still every yes. time amazes me that there's not people crashing into each other <laughs> and then, well especially and no, then you see I some athletes that are going agree. all out and they just collapse yeah. and you can't blame yes. them but it's like if yeah. you're just starting and somebody's like lying in front of you where's the course there is it there is there is one track where people are supposed to exit to the right 
instead of the left. I don't remember which one it is, but it like I know in the past I've seen it's like every time there's a relay there, there's there are these near misses because people just yeah. instinctually want to go to one side and then that's not where they're supposed to be. I don't know. I just yeah. there must be easier ways of doing that. Or you could even I, do yeah. you know, the the starters they have to stand behind the line until the foot of your compatriot passes that line and then you can go. Yeah. Or even just like you said, like it's not you know, you 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 paint giant stripes on the ground and say, Hey, as long as you guys are both in the same box at yeah. the same time, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would find, you know, the edge on that and, and yeah. still I'm sure they're but, finding the edge on this too. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to also note that there was some uh Twitter traffic going back and forth. Started with uh I don't actually know his real name, but um a question about he had read in the Swedish media that uh the Swedish women were on, or no, the Swedish team. So members of the Swedish team were on the podium 27 times in a row. Mm. Um, and I, it was one of those projects where I looked into it and then I got distracted with something else. And then uh, about 10 times starting over and, um, in the end, taking a different approach and just doing it right, right then. But, um, it was actually 26 because I guess the, Whoever published that article with 27 counted the, um, I think it was the 2019 Oslo mm. weekend as well, which yeah. was canceled. But yeah, so there were 26, and I haven't updated it with this weekend yet, but uh, I want to take a wild guess who was uh, on top of that ranking. It's got to be a Norwegian man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's J2 Bo every time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they, they won. Had at least one podium this weekend, so there there would be at forty seven, yeah. And that's I just started the data in the two thousand eighteen nineteen season, I believe. Mm-hmm. And since then, they have not had a a weekend without a podium. So their their streak is probably longer. If I would go back yeah. further in time, but uh, yes, haven't gone all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've uh, probably squeezed about everything we can out of Antholtz this weekend. And then some. Yeah, I, I just have a feeling I had one more thing, but... Um, oh, I know I did. Oh. So, also based on some things I've been reading on Twitter. Oh. I have a bit of a trick question for you. Well, it's not Uh-oh. really, but still. Okay. If I race a sprint and my shooting percentage is 90% and then uh-huh. I do a pursuit and I shoot 80%, what's my average? What's your average? So it'd be shooting nine, average. Yeah, what? I can do math. You said you said 90% for the sprint? Yeah. So 9 out of 10 and then you said 80% for your so pursuit? 16 out of 20. It seems a lot of people don't have that logic cuz I it bugs me when I see yeah. people write that and the uh, average shooting percentage is 85%. No, it's, yeah, whatever, 24 out of, so 80, whatever. And I've, you know, I'm not going to point out the handles of where I saw it, but I've noticed it before. And and, and just this week alone, I saw it, I think, three times Ugh. where I looked at the stats. And yes, I'm anal T- and tell, tell weird, but 
Tell uh, me offline. No, I, no, no, this, no. There's no, no this, need for that. This but, is the um, type of thing that drives me wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just thought I brought it up. Yep. I'd bring it up, but um, one um, thing I'm going to be working on is yes. uh, <laughs> if I find time. I really want to, I mentioned it before. I want to know if the number of World Cup points by Blue Bibs has increased over the last number of seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because I, I really feel it has. And well, you're going to find one giant, one giant problem with that. And that is his name is J. Tubo. Because wasn't he, wasn't he like in second place in the Blue Bib for anyway? I just, well, I, but I, I think by summer, su- summing, su- well, I guess you have to count the number of athletes under 25 too, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious if there's okay. like a average per athlete that is mm-hmm. under 25 or something, if there mm-hmm. is an increase or not. But anyway, hopefully we there can have been a, there have chat been about a that number. a bit. Yep. Um, before we go, just want to tease that uh, we have a guest coming up this week. Uh, Joanna uh, Talaharm uh, from the Estonian team is going to be joining us. And I apologize to her immensely if I just butchered her name. So uh, <laughs> I will make sure I get that cleaned up before we actually talk to her. If she still wants to talk to us. after yeah, That's a good point. She might listen to this and that's it. <laughs> She uh, uh, she actually exciting. she reached out to us um, uh, and uh, let us know that the uh, Estonian relay finish in Rupolding was actually the best uh, tied the best that they had ever had and then we and she and I had a quick back and forth and she she quickly agreed to join us to set us straight on many other things and actually I'm really looking forward to it because we don't get the opportunity to talk to um, a whole lot of athletes during the season so yeah. this will be this will be pretty fun. Well, and I think by now people know that we have a affinity for the smaller nations. Yes, you certainly. Know, or athletes from from the smaller biathlon nations. So, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Yep. So, um, and hopefully, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to be doing that, and then hopefully we can get a maybe a, a world championships preview or something like that before that everything would be comes great. Out. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and absolutely um, have a great week, Jordan. Hey, you as well. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll chat soon. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye.